Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Friday, December 17th, 2021, episode number 211. 211. 211. Former number, former number of Trevor Bruner. Are you sure about that? I am sure. I asked Justin Calkins. He told me, yes. <laughs> Google is your friend. Google is your friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know why I was doubting that one. I don't know why I was doubting that one, but yeah, 211. You think he'll Trevor Bruner's rookie pro number? I was gonna say it was it was not of recent years, right? He's gonna be rocking a different number, wearing probably, rocking the blue next two year. Two years right? ago, yeah, he's been he was 21, 21 this year. He'll be twenty one next year, I'm assuming. So he was two eleven his first year as a pro. Gotcha. Um, yeah, maybe we should talk to him about his whole deal next year. It's, he's going to be jumping to that that blue bike and uh, making it go fast. I'm sure there's a lot to talk about on his end. It's exciting to go from. One big manufacturer to the other yeah. big manufacturer. I mean, there's a lot in 450s, but you know, from from red to blue is a big swap, big yeah. change. I would, I'd like to know the difference on the bikes. Maybe we should reach out to him. You think he's ridden it a bunch? Uh, yes, he, not a bunch. He's ridden it some. He was down there at the Panhandle Clash was last he? weekend. Okay. Yeah, and but I saw that the most the most of the battles I saw was Dalton Gautier battling with Chase Sadoff. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Well, I, and, I didn't even, man, they were, they were getting it on. Yeah. There was, there was definitely some Honda speed and some uh, exciting close racing there uh, with, with the red bikes. So, um, that was fun to watch what little I saw here and there. It looked like there was some yeah. sort of streaming for it. Um, that was pretty cool that I saw, but I don't know too much about that. I didn't get to see it either. I did talk to Graham and Graham was kind of keeping me updated what was going on. She watches it. She streams everything cause she loves any kind of racing she'll be watching it so uh she did tell me you know some results here and there uh they did have the twins down there they're practicing and uh, testing on those and uh dallas on this on the super twin uh jd was down there too and i saw that robbie bobby was making fun of jd because he's wearing white boot brand new set of white boots and that dirt down there is red as can be and when that dirt gets on something it stains it's just like oklahoma red red clay yeah well you got to break them in at some point so why not Absolutely. And I, I like i like showing up with fresh white gear man even like people looked at me I, you know i wear some of those nikes sometimes to the track oh yeah but oh, yeah. i and they're like you know you're in dirt track right and i'm like yeah uh-huh. but yeah. like they're my <laughs> new track shoes and i got to get them dirty at some point so why not i I just remember when you went to the outdoor motocross and your shoes stayed in oh, the mud. Don't remind me, dude. Those were my favorite <laughs> pair of Nikes, and that was my dumbass for having them on. But yep. damn it, I still mm, man, you mm. had to bring. I almost forgot about that. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. What you do, what you do last weekend before N- I tell everybody what I did? Not a whole hell of a lot. I'm more focused on what you did because you like kept it a big secret. Well, it, it was a secret only because it was a very small wedding, and Ricky Rackman invited me, awesome. and I didn't know who else was getting invited, so I didn't want anybody to feel bad or feel left out hmm. and didn't get to go. So now hmm. that it's over, uh, I went, uh, had a great time. I sat with Kristen Beat and her fiance, uh, Swerve and Irvin, and I sat with some of your friends on, on my right side, and man, I had a great time. Uh, it was a beautiful ceremony. It's very different. There's a couple guitar players there, uh, some some rock stars there that I didn't know. Um, Ralph Shaheen was there. I'm name dropping now. Greg yeah, from Off Access Paint was there, and man, it was just a good time. I, I had a blast, and uh, I, I was honored to be invited. That's sure. awesome, dude. Yeah, and it's cool, man. Like I, I, I struggle with weddings because I don't know. I, I I always feel like out of place there at weddings for some weird reason. Um, but I do my favorite part is watching people you care about kind of come together and uh 
others celebrate that. So there, there's something cool to be said for that. And uh, congrats to Ricky. Um, yeah. That's good stuff, Ricky man. And Leah. So they and actually Leah. It was, it was they beautiful. actually said yes, and that it went through. Nobody ran away at the altar. Yep. No, and it started like 25 minutes late. So I was I was, <laughs> I was like, hey, what's going on here? Where's you know, Ricky? Was, Where's Leah? No. Exactly. I was like I was like somebody flew the coop. But no, I think they're just being fashionably late, making sure everybody got there. But congrats beautiful. to them both, and many years of happiness. Uh, they, uh, we, I had the fortune of, of having dinner with them when when everybody was up in Charlotte, and awesome oh, yeah. couple. Where they, did we we went to some awesome barbecue place. What was that? Jim and Nick's, bro. Like it's the yes. yes. Man, I don't know why I can't remember that. That's so good. Those biscuits. Cater the event. I don't know, but they end up having somebody else. But yeah, man, it was good. Good barbecue. It's good stuff. Yes, no, absolutely. And, and uh, no, that's good. I I didn't have uh, as much fun at a wedding or doing it. I kind of took it easy after the crazy whirlwind of the uh, past mm. month that I've had traveling. It was good. Uh, right. I don't know if I how much I told you about my my tumbles at the two events, but uh, I, <laughs> I took a tumble at both of them. <laughs> listen, you know, listen. Well, you wonder why I don't ride a motorcycle, and I tell you I have no balance. I, and you wonder why I tell your ass to wear a helmet. Well, I'm not gonna wear. There a, you go. I'm not gonna there wear a go. helmet walking around. Maybe I should think about it. No, um, talk about when you ride a scooter you're right. or a motorcycle. No, on two wheels, you need to wear a helmet. You're not you wrong. Know. Anybody that okay. wears uh, need, that rides a motorcycle needs to wear a helmet. Um, exactly. But. Yeah, I busted my ass. They had just watered the track in PA, and I was, like, coming off the track, and it was, like, a little slick and an incline. Dude, I did a whoop, 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 whoop for, like, 30 seconds, and I almost saved it, but didn't. I ate it pretty hard. Um, That's you hurt your wrist? Well, no, I twist, twisted my ankle and my knee up a little bit there, but nothing bad. Okay. Like, I was able yeah. to run and around. But, yeah. The other one. So in, at Flat Out Friday. At Flat Out Friday in Wisconsin. Uh, Sammy had drove drove through the night to get there, so he re- uh, he used my hotel to take a shower. So I, I ran with him real quick because we were like posting stuff that we had shot. Um, on the way back from the hotel, there was a pothole in the middle of the road, and I'm sitting there like walking with Sammy, hustling back to the arena, and I Not stepped in the pothole. And yeah. dude, I don't know how I didn't break my ankle because this pothole was insane, and I fell backwards all my weight on my wrist, and dude. I'm not a flat tracker. I am a, a big wuss when I get hurt. Dude, I was like, I had ice on it. We went to dinner afterwards. I had ice. I was like, asked the guy, I was like, can you give me a bag of ice, dude? And I was, wow. and I'm still a little struggling with it. Like it's, I don't think it's broken. I don't think anything, but maybe a fracture, maybe some kind of tendon got effed up. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, I took it easy this weekend and didn't do anything because so, I didn't want to make either one of those things I, worse. I'd like to point out that the very first time we did left out, oh, we kind of fell at, at, at Savannah, Oglethorpe Speedway Park, and that was my fault. I still say that was partially your fault because I didn't know yeah, the strength. I, I, I didn't know my own strength. Yeah, I, I didn't know your strength either. The wall. Holy yeah, shit. I mean, woo. You, man. you said I'll help you up, and bro, like. Yeah, I was just trying to yank you up and over. I okay. supermaned yeah. over that thing. Like, I, yeah. I lost my footing. <laughs> I flew. It was, I flew pretty far. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, happy birthday on Wednesday to you, Mr. Carter. I appreciate it, buddy. No problem. No problem. Hope you had a great day. I, I did. Know we uh, had some technical difficulties, and it cost you a couple of hours of your celebration, but. Always worth it day. if I figure it out and we're able to do what we do. Hey, it happens. It's all good. Also, before we get into this week's episode, yeah. Oliver made tremendous steps, tremendous progress. We watched the on on the 
Oliver's recovery story on Instagram. And congratulations, Oliver. Keep it going. We're all rooting for you, and we watch all your progress. And and uh, man, it's so cool. It Good is job, Ollie. super cool, man. Like it was, it was definitely cool to see that man taking him taking steps and standing pretty much on his own. Like that's uh that's yeah. insane, man. Super, great. super happy great. for that guy. Super proud of how far he's come, and uh, we know he'll go even further, man, because uh, he, he's definitely going all out for it. So um, we're thinking about you always, Ollie. Good stuff. That's right. You want to talk about this week's episode? You just want to just jump into it? What are we doing here? Well, I, this is one that, that I think we've want, talked about having for a minute. Um, you've worked with these folks for a little bit. I, I know nothing about these folks, so um, I'm super interested to hear what this is about. Uh, I do want to get to one of their events here soon. Uh, I don't know how that schedule, we'll have to talk about that schedule and what, what how that's outlined for, for the rest of the year and, and moving forward, but it looks super interesting, something I've always wanted to see in person because they look like they have a lot of fun doing what they're doing and and it's a show it's not just a race it's a show it's indoors it's in arenas where they normally have ice hockey uh you know if the hockey rank's not there they do basketball the night before we were at the cedar park texas they had a, a basketball game yeah. on the same place they they take all that stuff off and the ice is still there the ice had been there for like five days and we had uh, indoor motorcycle racing on ice and uh, it's it's incredible it's a great show uh graham's gone to it out there in uh, Graham and pa went out in arizona prescott valley had the time of their lives i've taken daryl brentlinger yeah i took him over to troy ohio and he didn't leave his seat <laughs> he enjoyed it he was he was tickled to death he said he's never seen anything like that and it's it's a show uh of course we have to stop and they take the zamboni out there and clean up the ice every once in a while but that's when we go do other things other fun stuff and we'll talk about that here on the podcast and then uh then we get right back into the racing and it's it's bar to bar handlebar to handlebar spikes in the tires they got extra fenders on the on the, on the bikes for safety and stuff like that but you know and i i usually am not a huge fan of quad racing because sometimes it gets spread out and i'm just I'm a motorcycle guy. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I, I nothing against those guys because, you know, sometimes they put on a great show too. But on the ice, it's incredible. Like this Tyler Allen, that's 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 won everything the last two years in a row. His left front tire doesn't even touch the ground. He is he's got it pitched sideways like a sprint car all the way around the track. The left front tire is off the ground. It's it's incredible to watch. And there's there's some other fast guys coming for him. So uh, the quads to me are just as exciting as the bikes and. And the people love it. Uh, the people really get into it. And uh, the, the, the crowd down there at Cedar Park, Texas, uh, not a, a huge crowd like they're expecting, but it was the first time to go down there. But I guarantee you, every one of those people are going to go tell all their friends. And, and if we go back there next year, there'll be even more people in the grandstands. And that's what it's all about. So uh, it's a heck of a show. And the, the people that run the ice racing series are Ken and Christy Reamer. Well, let's get to know the people behind World Championship Ice Racing. Hello. Can I speak to the world-famous Hollywood stuntman from Wisconsin, please? Only, only if this is Hollywood Duber. <laughs> yes, it is. What's up, buddy? <laughs> oh, just another day at the office. At the office? You don't, you don't have an office. You have a fire station. Now, come on, man. <laughs> right. Today we were shooing horses. Yeah. Waiting for this ice shoeing. to freeze up. We had... We had perfect ice in front of the house, and then it started to get warm. Yeah, is there anything but, in the world that you don't do? Um, I don't. I don't announce races as good as Scotty would, Scotty Hollywood. Well, that's a given. But you do everything <laughs> else, man. 
I hate roller coasters. The secret's <laughs> out. The secret's out. Stuntman hates roller coasters. Okay, that's that's good to know. I'll 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 follow that away so I can save that for later. So uh, yeah. I, I haven't seen you for like two weeks, so I was going through withdrawal. So I thought we better have you on the podcast. But before we start talking about a stuntman, before we start talking about the World Championship Ice Racing Series, I want to get to know you a little bit more. So where were you born, Ken? Burlington, Wisconsin. And you you've pretty much stayed there your whole life. <laughs> Yeah, I stayed here my whole life. So about involved about involved in this city as I could possibly get. Grew up on the water ski team right here on the lake. Had my horses just outside of town here. Um, obviously, when I turned 18, joined the volunteer fire department. Um, so, yeah, born, raised, never left. So you always knew you wanted to be a firefighter? You know, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, you know, I watched the fire trucks go up and down the street by the house. You know, we're in kind of a rural area. It's not city, city, you know, by the lake here. And I always thought, you know, someday I thought it'd be pretty cool to be able to help people and be a volunteer firefighter. And, um, ended up being a volunteer firefighter. And I got to admit, you know, if anybody's never done it, being a volunteer firefighter and being able to help people and not expect anything for it is a lot more gratification than you would think. Yeah. So you know, how long were you a volunteer? How long were you a volunteer be- before you became a professional firefighter? I've always been a volunteer, always been a volunteer firefighter, paid on call. I was lieutenant for six years. I run the dive team. But it is all volunteer. I did not know that. I thought you were a true paid professional fireman. So there's no paid fireman here except for a couple guys on the city. Everything out here is pretty much volunteer. Okay. I did not know that. So you're a volunteer fireman. You're also a stuntman. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in in, in a little bit. But uh, do you have another job? I mean – I, I just thought your your firefighter was your job. <laughs> nope, nope. So I got an interesting. So one of the jobs besides doing stunts is um, I've been shoeing horses for since I was eighteen, so quite a while. And uh, when I was in my late teens, I was in the rodeo. My mom's whole side of the family was in the horses and stuff. I got in the horses, got in the rodeo, got in showing horses. And ended up shoeing horses and um, kind of like a podiatrist for horses, whether they're short horse or they got an injury. And that's where that's where I spent a lot of my days since I was 18 till now. Do you have to go to school to learn how to shoe horses or is it just something that's handed down from from like family members and stuff? No, I apprenticed. I apprenticed with a gentleman, Donnie Tritz, out of um, Genoa City, Illinois, for. Gosh, I rode with Donnie for six, seven, eight years, something like that. And um, I started out kind of on my own and thought I could kind of figure things out on my own. And like anything else in a trade <laughs> business these days, there's lots of secrets. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. Um, right. And and Donnie was the best around at that time. And so I went to working for him and 
And um, he just taught me a lot, a lot. And I was blown away. Like when I started working for him, I'm like, yeah, this is probably a good opportunity because I don't know nothing. I have not a clue what I'm doing. And um, started working for him and then started working at some vet clinics. And, um, and things kind of snowballed from there. So it, it's not as easy as, you know, when you see it on the movies, just taking a nail and, and, and putting the shoe on, on, the, on, the, on the bottom of the, the horse's foot, right? I mean, there's, there's a whole science to it, and, and I think now there's even 3D printing for shoes now, right? So let's go. I, I've never even heard or talked to anybody that's done this before, so I, I want to dive a little bit deeper. So how hard is this job? I, I know you're working with a live humongous animal, but it, there's a lot more to it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's harder dealing with the women than it is the horses. But no, it's all good. No, um, um, no, 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 no. Um, it's hard. I mean, you're wrestling around with these these big horses all day long, every day. You know, um, a lot. Of, you know, I'll have anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred shoes in the trailer at one time. So, aluminum shoes, um, steel shoes, titanium shoes. Um, all different sizes and then we modify them to fit that particular horse um so we have many different steel sizes or just a conventional shoeing Uh and then we have a lot of special shoes for support and tendons soft tissues ligaments um if they got if they got injuries um and such forth to help get them healed up and get them back to work get them back in the show ring Wow, this is this is this just take a this just took a whole one eighty turn because I didn't know we we're gonna be talking about horses and steel shoes. So you're like you're like 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 flat trackers wear steel shoes and and these horses wear steel shoes too, but just different kinds mm-hmm. and different models for different purposes. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was gonna say that both of these kind of you know the the firefighter deal and the horseshoe and kind of start about the same time. So at what point yeah. did the racing quad start? Yeah, so I started, I started snow crossing in my early 20s. And um, I want to say in my late 20s, early 30s, one winter, I, I broke my leg real bad, broke my tib and fib. Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then I had broke my wrist doing a stunt. Like, it was within eight months or maybe a year later. And with those injuries, I, I went back to snowcross and raced a little bit, um, got the championship. It was like in the plus 30 class that year. And I just said, I, I can't do it anymore, you know, but I don't in 2000, that was like 2008, 2009 In 2010, obviously, you know, I'm, I met my beautiful bride and I said, I want to, I want to go back racing but I got to race something that I think is a little bit safer. So I bought a four wheeler, got a player's outlaw from the local players dealer that was supporting me. And I live on a lake. So I built the track out on the lake and every day I would go out and ride on the ice. Every day I would hmm. go out and ride on the ice and just ride, 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 ride. I'm like, I want to go racing. But that year was another one of them years where it was, it was kind of warm and all the outdoor races were getting canceled. So I'm looking mm-hmm. up ice races, ice races, ice races. And so found international championship events. They had a race going on in Ohio. I'd never raced a quad before and went and raced the indoor pro series. 
you know? And then at the same time, the year before I started racing them, I started racing the quad on dirt. Um, and then Christy and I, from there on out, I mean, for a few years, we didn't miss, we didn't miss a single dirt race, race district 16, the Dairyland classic. Um, and, and then obviously in the winter traveled all over the, the U S with the indoor ice series, um, to bring us where we are today. And then I pretty much raced dirt, um, all the district 16 races till 2000. When did we cut back Christy? 2014 or 2015, um, where we took over the, we took over the indoor series and I was, you know, so busy with that. We cut back on the dirt racing a little bit. Okay. Do you have a favorite racing memory of your yours? Oh God. You know, as far as, as far as dirt, one of them was, you know, I always raced the Dairyland classic when they had quads there. And it was like, man, as a quad guy, if you could win that race, it was like, you did something. If you could win that, that dirt track race at the Dairyland classic. And I don't remember what year it was, but I, for whatever reason there, I could, I could hardly ever make the final. It just, I did not get along with that track. And then finally, huh. um, the last time I raced the Dairyland classic, I just made the, the front roll of the final and led every single lap. And I got so nervous and worked up. I made a little mistake. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm not going to say who it was, but I got passed on the last lap. I still got second place, but it's, it's a very vivid memory. Um, you know, number one, I was riding the Can-Am, which nobody thought I'd ever win that deal on a Can-Am. And that Can-Am, mm-hmm. we put me and Charlie Rossier from up there in Stevens Point, put a lot of work in the, in the building that quad. And um, with our Wrath Racing parts, really made it uh, a fast quad. And, and uh, so that's one of the pronounced ones. And then the other one was um, winning my first ice race in, um, in Evansville, Indiana, which was followed up by the year after. I almost won it again. I took a second and, and got engaged at, uh, at that race. Wow. So you proposed to Christy at an ice race? Yeah. So if a lot of people know what the indoor ice series, we got the ring of fire quad jump. So I decided with racing, we, we did the fire jump. I jumped through the ring of fire. I come around. And uh, the announcer wanted to know if there's anybody I was going to thank. And to make a long story short, I thanked Christy and, and everybody else behind us. And, uh, and then I asked her to marry me in front of 5,000 people. So it was either she said yes and then told me later no, or she said yes uh-huh. and meant it. So it didn't look really bad in front of 5,000 people. Otherwise, because of the peer pressure, she said yes. <laughs> it, one way or another, she said yes, and you married her. Yeah. Yep. The end result is she said, yes, you you know, so as far as the flat track and the quad thing, um, she's been by my side since day one. Um, you know, and it went from, it just went from wanting to race an ice race one day to end up racing, you know, dirt races every weekend, all summer long to now owning the, the indoor series. Well, you better hang on to her. Yep. 
<laughs> so, so for our flat track fans that don't know what snow cross is, that's basically motocross on the snowmobile, correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just want to. I just yeah. want to make sure we covered that so they they understood. And and you know, motocross is really physically demanding. I'm sure. I'm assuming snowcross is too. And there's a lot of injuries in that. So I'm I'm kind of glad you switched over and started the quads and. Because you might not, you, you, we we might not even be friends. Because you might not have started the ice racing series. Exactly. If maybe if I wouldn't have got hurt, it probably wouldn't have happened, and we wouldn't be where we are today. Okay. There you go, and you wouldn't be on our podcast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let let's talk about the World Championship Ice Racing Series. You started racing it first. What year did you and Christy buy the series? I I, I think you kind of mentioned it, but but when was that? Two thousand fifteen. Yeah, this is 2016. 2016. Yep. Am I going to have to get the boss yep. on the phone here pretty soon and ask her some questions he's, too? Yeah. Is that what's? Is he's that what's... right here. So this is <laughs> this is the fifth this is the fifth year. So 2016. Okay. All right. Why, why did you guys buy the series? Was it going under? Was it was it not succeeding? Or were they just looking for a change? You know, it was just. Um, they did a phenomenal job with that series, you know, started it in 1976. And, um, and so Gary Densford, the one that started it, um, he decided to retire and, and it was just, it was too much for Brent to do by himself. Um, and, and basically what happened is I was, I was kind of learning the show as it was just racing. So like two years prior to that is when I said, you know, one day we're sitting around joking around and I'm like, we need to, we need to add, they're like, Ken, can't you do some kind of stunt? You know, what, what can you add to this? And I'm like, you know, what we should add just joking around. I'm like, we should build a jump and I should jump through a ring of fire. Well, as we all know, that came true. And we built a, <laughs> we built a jump and we spread it apart and we built a propane ring of fire. And then we bought, brought Randy Bass from, from high tech effects in and we put, flame pots beside of it with a big um, fireball mortar in the middle of the jump and um, and grew up from there and it turned into wow. a, a little jump to a big fire jump and and um, so as as that evolved and is involved as I was in the show between the stunts racing um, helping organize it um, they approached us and make a long story short, want to know if we wanted to purchase it. And, um, we did, which brought us where we are today. Awesome. So other than we just wanted to grow the sport, we didn't want to see it go away. Right. So other than the stunts that you do at the start, you know, lighting yourself on fire, the, the jump, the riding on the quad on fire and stuff like that. It, is there any other tweaks that you did to it? I mean, I, I never went to it before you and Christy took over the series, so uh, I know how the program runs. But did did you make any other changes? Um, not really, not really. We just wanted, you know, the 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 platform was there. We just wanted to add more. We just wanted to add more spice. You know, okay. um, like the, you know, the only place you could win the stud trophy is is with us, you know, the big marble base with that aluminum stud. We got Daryl Rath making those aluminum studs now, and it looks like a, like a real screw. Um, just tweaking a lot of, a lot of little things. We added the little, 
You know, we are the inventors of the limbo on ice. No one had ever done limbo on ice before Christy and I brought that to the show. Yeah, it that's that's so exciting, and, and the fans really love it. And it's it's not mandatory for the riders, but it's extra money for them if they choose to go out there and do it. Um, you know, and they can get pretty dang low. And, and part of it is you have to go under the bar, of course, and then but then the rest of it is you have to ride away. You can't stall your bike and you can't lay it down and, and pick it back up. So uh, it gets pretty no. interesting and exciting. And Jeremy Orr was was pretty much the king for a while, but uh, you know, every time there's a king, somebody's gonna dethrone him, right? Yeah, yeah. It was Austin Greenland at first, remember out of PA, and then mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then Jeremy um, came in and he won it consistently for a while, and then Josh Shoop. He's won like we were talking about. It. He's won quite a few straight. Um, yeah, it's been like half a dozen or so that he's won. I, I kind of think part of that is his height and his stature because he's a little guy already, and he's got a he's got a little bit different technique than some of the other guys. He does. He does. And uh, like we seen last weekend. He got all the way down, and he almost got beat by Cheney because he snubbed his bike mm-hmm. coming around the corner after he'd put it back up. But um, <laughs> yep. he came back around. His bike sits lower than the rest of them, and, and he's mm-hmm. shorter than the rest of them, um, which, which can be an advantage and a disadvantage because a 450, is, is all you know, is not a light bike. You know, So for right. a smaller guy like that to throw that bike all the way down to the ice and then bring it back up, He's got to have some momentum going, you know, he can't just put his foot down and then try to push himself back up like some other guys can. Do you think the width of the handlebars has anything to do with it? Or do you got to go in there and kind of lay your handlebars sideways anyway? Yeah, you got to lay them sideways anyway, right? You know, you figured you you would figure the lowest you could get is with them handlebars, right? And then Jeremy proved us wrong. Like he went so low, he had to turn them handlebars. So they were a little bit offset, so they essentially which brought them shorter than they are vertical, mm-hmm. and dragged them cases and and proved us wrong and and still got it done. Yeah, I th- I think the record's like twenty six or twenty eight inches off the ground, and, and that's awful low. I mean, that's just barely over two it feet, is. and I don't know I don't know how you can get a motorcycle underneath that and then ride away. That's pretty incredible. It's it's fun to watch, and I love doing that. Oh, yeah, it's phenomenal to watch these guys. You know, they just got to be careful. The one thing is about doing it on the ice, is you, when you crash, you slide, right? Like last mm-hmm. year when, when uh, Spenson. or the year before when, <laughs> when Spenson hit the wall because he came into it hot and he made it underneath the bar, but he couldn't get the bike back up and, right. and uh, ended up in the wall. So um, it's yeah. not like sliding He's on the dirt where you slow down a little bit faster. Yeah, he, oh, he seemed like he was picking up speed as he got closer to the wall. And it was a loud thud. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yes, so it was. At, at at your show, like sometimes you light yourself on fire, start to show off. But what we do is we always pay tribute to the troops, uh, the firefighters and the paramedics and stuff like that. We keep that going. Uh, and then we get straight into it. There's no practice. So we, uh, you know, at Texas, we did scratch heats. Then we did the real heat races. Last chance qualifiers. There was some extra money up for the dash for cash for the quads, which I thought was pretty cool. 
the limbo. And then you threw me a curveball down there, and we did some turkey bowling. And I've never done that before, and I've been I've been on the microphone since 2003. And the turkey bowling, I think the crowd loved that just about as much as the limbo. They did. They loved coming down, jumping on the ice, and getting involved with the racers. You know, so like you've seen, it's got to be each three racers go out and pick three people out from the crowd. Mm-hmm. And, then the, and then the person from the crowd bowls first. The racers got to pick up the spare. And, uh, the, you know, for, for turkey bowling, the crowd gets into it. Whoever wins it gets to take that turkey home. Absolutely. And, you know, what, what's also cool about it is that the fans can see just how slippery it is out there because, you know, the riders that come out, they don't have screws in their shoes like, like you and I do. And then the fans get out there, and they're just about to fall every step, and then they got to try to bowl. So that's what makes it difficult. And, uh, and I think that, that makes the racing – look even better because when the fans are out there slip sliding around and, and, you know, sometimes Tom might slide around too, but you know, you and I wear screws in the bottom of our shoes cause we're, we're cheating a little bit, but right. just to see how slippery it really is makes the show, I think even better because those bikes and those quads are going so fast and they are hooked up. Yeah. And the, like that last weekend in Texas, Scotty, right? The ice. So they set this ice up over, it's been, it sat for, like seven or eight days at the thickness we want fully hard and they had the temperature perfect. And even those screws in like introductions and that first heat Mm -hmm. hardly wanted to dig in enough, you know, and as, as we start scratching up that ice, then they get traction. I think that really in those first couple heats exaggerated to the crowd, how, how slick it is out there. Now, as soon as we start scratching that up, now they start getting a little bit of traction. But like we said before, you know, zero to 60 down that straightaway. But when you go to stop, you got to pitch it in the corners and get around the corner because you're not stopping even semi-close to what you took off. Right. And right. the, right. the speed and, that you took off. And, and, you know, there there was a guy there from Texas, and I'm not, I'm not here to badmouth anybody, but... He doesn't normally run our series, and, you know, the crowd was behind him, obviously, because he's from Texas, but he was having a heck of a time trying to turn. Like, he would just keep drifting all the way to the wall, and that, that's exactly what you're talking about. You have to know how to pitch it sideways. You have to have you have to know how to put the screws in your tires. There's so much science that goes into it also. There is, right? So we go into um, – there's a particular amount of screws we put in the tire, and then the tire that we use – how close those lugs are, how many lugs are in that tire. And then, and he, he didn't know, he kind of went off with some of the old pictures that you could, that you could see, but in his particular tires, um, the screws were following each other. And then those lugs, there's only half as many lugs as, as the tires that we normally use. And um, he really understood then how important um, it's, it's like anything else, you know, how important, the compound and that tire is in dirt, you know, um, it's kind of the same thing. You got the wrong tire and the wrong surface. It's, it's just not going to work. Absolutely. And he figured that out pretty quick. So the, the big classes are the unlimited outlaw quad and the manufacturers pro motorcycles. Those are the two pro classes, pretty much the same field shows up at almost all the events. You'll have some, some other riders. Like when you get out to Pennsylvania, you might have, 
twice as many riders, or if you get up north, sometimes you might have more riders. But there's a core group that goes to all your races, and their bikes and their quads all get loaded up in the semi with all the padding for the walls, the starter, you know, the ribbon gate, and all the all the hoopla all goes in one semi and goes to every race. Yeah, yeah. We want to be able to make it easier for our pro tour guys. So by putting all their stuff in the semi and then transporting it race to race, they can either drive to the race or, you know, because we're scattered so far throughout the United States, they just fly in and out and, and, uh, makes it a little bit easier. Everything's there when they get to the race and, um, then they can get home back for what they normally, their normal duties during the week. I gotcha. So the 2021, 22 schedule, it's kind of light. And that's because of COVID hit last year in the wrong time. And I don't need to know any numbers right here on the, on the, on the podcast, but it definitely affected you as a promoter. Cause you guys had already promote, you know, been promoting other races that, that were still coming up and you just kind of had to cancel them. And that was no fault of your own. So that's why we're, we're only down to four races this year. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, number one, um, we can say it, they canceled those last two races. But as anybody knows, putting on races, everything financially is, is already done. And so as COVID has done a lot of people, it, it took a hard hit on us, you know, but mm-hmm. we could have, we could have sat back and just said, Hey, you know, we just, we just can't do this, but we couldn't, we couldn't let the series go with our racers, the fans, we had to keep it going. So we're coming back this year. It's, it's harder to get new arenas now that, so all the arenas were closed. Now they're all open. There's lots of music artists that want to get in. There's a lot of competition as far as um, arenas. So we may be adding yet. We'll see what happens, and then we'll grow off of this and, and get back to our normal schedule. So four races this year, what is your normal schedule, like six to eight rounds? Yep, yep. Okay. We like to, we like to do right around that, that eight-round that eight okay. mark. So the schedule is two weeks ago, uh, December 4th, Cedar Park, Texas. First time that you went to Texas with the series. Uh, January 15th, yep. Reading, Pennsylvania, which is the Kyle McGray Memorial Race. 226, which is uh, Sioux City, Iowa. Been up there before to the Tyson Event Center. And then you're going to wrap up this season uh, March 26th in Troy, Ohio. And Ken, when I went there and did that race for you, that place was packed. I don't think there was an empty seat in the house that one. So that's that's going to be a good one to finish up your series at. Absolutely. You know, Pennsylvania has done nothing but grow. Ohio, the, the people down there in Ohio have been great. And also Iowa. They've been a great racing community out there. Um, um, we're, we're definitely looking forward to the rest of the year. Absolutely. And not only do you do the uh, World Championship Ice Racing Series indoor in arenas on ice rinks, you also do at least one outdoor event that I got to participate in this year. is the Racine County Fair, and that was a TT course. But it was set up in a real narrow, almost like a drag strip narrow track. But it was interesting. And uh, how long have you been putting that race on? Three years. Three years. Okay. And, um, yeah, that one's grown. You know, we want to do one ice. We want to do, or should we, ice wanted to do one race close to home, you know? Yeah. So we get all the local big names. Um, you know, we had the boys coming out from Pennsylvania this last year. Um, I was for Jeffrey Carver and Billy Ross, Billy Ross. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Mishler, you know, which 
you know, Morgan Mishler doesn't live that far from us. So happy to see where he's gone this year yeah. on Team Honda. So we bring the big names in, not all the big names, but a lot of big names in for the, the pro race part of the TT. And then we get the mm-hmm. quad guys from all over the United States. Um, so we call it the, you know, the all-star DeGrove pro TT because so many people are like, well, that's not a real pro race. Well, we bring names from all over the United States. We're one of the only, as far as quad races, quad race and motorcycle race mixed TT to bring mm-hmm. in pro racers from all over the United States. Yeah. So it, it was, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, it's nice to be, we want to do that one close to home, Scotty, because a lot of people at home, we haven't had an ice race close to home. Haven't seen what we do. They know we travel all over the United States, but a lot of, so it's hard for them to come and watch, you know? So it, it's cool to show the hometown, what we do all over the place, but it's on the dirt instead of the ice. And then um, we're also, as far as TT racing involved with the United dirt series with uh, Daryl Rath and, and, and uh, Micah at Sioux Valley cycle club. How, how many races did you have? And uh, I didn't get to participate because it seemed like every time you guys had a race, I was already booked somewhere else. But how many races did you have this year, and how did it go? Uh, six races, and and it went great. Mm-hmm. Great turnout. Um, I feel privileged to be with, you know, four. Four races this year. Four. Um, you know, Sioux Valley Cycle Club, as far as, if anybody's never heard of them, look up some of the videos and stuff on, on YouTube. They have a awesome program, a awesome track. They, they just got things really dialed out there. So to have their experience with obviously Daryl Rath and then, um, and then with us and we, and we work as a team, it, it works extremely well, you know, um, for the first year went really well. Um, we're, we're going to grow off of that and, and uh, make it bigger to have a pro TT dirt series up here in the Northern Midwest. Did you, did you know, Ken, that that was my home track? I was born in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And, and I basically cut my teeth out there at that racetrack. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So when, when I was a little kid, we had a tractor and we had a blade that went behind it. I was probably four or five years old. My dad would start the tractor, and you didn't have to put your foot on the gas. You, you had a, it looked like a blinker, but that was the throttle, and my dad would just set it, and he'd tell me and start driving. And so I'd be sitting in there, and I'd drive around the track, and my dad would be on the back spinning the wheels. That's how, you know, the old grader, you could change the pitch and the grade and the, yeah. the height. You know, he could do, he did all that on the, on the trailer behind the tractor, and I, I don't know how many laps I have just around the short track. That TT that you're talking about that's there now wasn't even thought of. But I cut my teeth there, and I raced my first ever go-kart race there at that racetrack. And uh, I actually uh, raced quite a few pro motorcycle races there. But that was later in my career after I had moved away. And, and I always like going back home to Sioux Valley Cycle Club right there in Sioux Falls. Oh, it's, it's an awesome track. and Yeah, Graham, Graham's is always pushing that track, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, so I don't know. I don't know if she's still a member of the Sioux Valley Cycle Club, but they they've been around for a long, long time. Like my mom and Graham used to do scoring and work the gates and and sign ups and all that fun stuff. And of course, other mem- members of the family did too. But uh, man, I got lots of memories out there. 
That's awesome. That's yeah. super cool. So, yeah, it's just I, I, everything that's involved from 2010 to now, Scott, I would have never imagined. I want to kick it back a gear. I I want to know more about this stunt man. Now now I've already learned all about shoeing horses, and I think I can I can go out there and shoe a horse tomorrow. I'm just kidding. But I want to know about <laughs> a stunt man. When in the world did you decide to be a stunt man, and how how did that happen? You know, I gotta admit, as a kid, as a kid, you never know it now. But as a kid, I was very shy. My mom will tell you, no. that. I was very shy. Yeah, I was very shy. You would have never in a million years seen Ken in front of a crowd or picking up a microphone. And um, in like 2018, I met met Rick Lefevre, which is the Midwest stunt coordinator. And um, we're just friends and. And I would, I met him through because I was shooing her horses. Um, got introduced to Frank Calcevera and, and his family, Big Hat Rodeo. Maybe some of you have seen his rodeos, him and the families. And um, I always thought it'd be cool to be on TV, but, but I'm like, at the time, I'm like, you know, there's no way, there's no way I'm ever going to be on TV. But man, would that be cool sometime? I mean, what kid wouldn't dream about being on TV, right? Uh huh. So, so Frank Calcevero is doing does a lot of the horse stunts for for um, Midwest stunts. And uh, one day, Frank called me and he's like, "Ken, we're doing this episode for Early Edition, where we're reenacting a horse race on the Hawthorne racetrack. And uh, what we're going to do is." We're going to bring Cheyenne, your bay horse, and you be like a pickup man. So if anything goes wrong, when we're reenacting this horse race and doing this scene, you know, you can be like a wrangler. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is awesome. You're never going to see me on TV, but just participating <laughs> in this. This is going to be, this is going to be awesome, you know? So... Yeah. I'll never forget this, and I know Frank and Rick, if they heard this right now, they'd be laughing their butts off. But so Frank and I, we pull on the set, and um, and we're a little late, got stuck in traffic that morning early, and uh, Rick's like, hey, you guys got to get ready, blah, blah, blah. Rick's like, Frank, so did you tell, did you tell Ken what he's, what he's actually here to do? And he laughs, and he's like, no. He's like, Ken, you need to get in the hair and makeup. I'm like, what? And so we pull ahead, they get me into hair and makeup. They put this wig on me and they're like, this is what's going on today. We're reenacting this horse race. You're going to be a mob guy that makes a bad bet. He's sitting in the audience. You made a bad bet. So now the mafia, the mob chases you down through the stands, down through the paddocks out on the racetrack. And you get run over by six head of horses. So that's All what right. we're doing today. And it was like, and it was like, just kind of left it at there. And I'm like, well, if anybody's seen early edition, one scene, uh-huh. Rick Lefevre is double and Kyler Chandler. One scene, because the cat gets the newspaper a day before everybody else, is where Rick uh-huh. comes and saves them because he knew it was going to happen. In the other scene, I get hit by six head of horses. So oh my gosh. What happens is I get hit by six head of horses, but the way the cameras were, there's actually a little void where they didn't actually run me over. Uh-huh. But from the sides, the camera view, when that first hoof landed, I mean, the two horses landed right next to me. I kind of threw my legs up over uh-huh. my head, did like this roll flip. 
it looked like I got, like I got wrecked, like trampled good. And Rick said, like, like, like the producers called and were wondering how bad, how bad you hurt that guy. And he's like, (laughs) didn't even get hurt. And from there on out, no, for like the next two and a half years of that show, um, I ended up working a lot. Um, wow. You know, I was young, six, one dark hair. It was easy to double a lot of, a lot of actors. So Mm -hmm. I ended up working with, ended up working on stir of echoes with Kevin Bacon and, and some other TV shows, which led up to Chicago code, some other TV shows in Chicago to Batman Begins, to The Dark Knight, Superman, um, Fred Claus, um, Rampage, not that long ago, um, mm-hmm. Contagion with Matt Damon. Wow. Um, and just many, many TV shows. And then, and then now for the last six or eight years, i um, been working on Chicago Fire. Um, actually did a, a quad jump on Chicago PD mm-hmm. um, that. and a few other things on Chicago PD and then just working on 61st street a few weeks ago. Um, to where we're at today, um, deep woods. I did a coordinated my first movie, um, a year and a half ago. And, and that brings us to where we are today. That is just crazy. So, so put Christy on the phone right now. She's right here. Let me get her. Put her put her on the phone. Here she is. Yes. Hello. Hi. For for one, you're a saint for putting up with him and for accepting his proposal during uh, uh, in front of a big crowd like that. For two, are you scared to death when he goes off and does these Hollywood stunts? Nope. Don't even think about it. Like when he gets called on a fire call. He wants to talk about it. Yeah. Ten, usually doesn't. Yeah. And that's okay by me. Okay. So it's just part of your life. It's 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 no big deal. Kinda, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you've been sitting there the whole time, and we talked about the ice racing series. Was there anything that we missed that you would like to talk about the series that that maybe we overlooked? No, just how exciting it is, and you know the racers that we have, and always you know inviting new racers to, to come join the series, even like in Reading to get, you know, a couple extra guys out there to try it out. We've got um, bike guys who are willing to rent tires. So mm-hmm. if anybody wants to give it a try. It, it is, it is exciting. You know, and I've taken, well, let's, let's, let's just go. Graham and Paul went out in Arizona. They'd never seen anything like that. And they were, they were tickled to death from the moment that the, the, that the opening ceremony started until the last interview was done on the podium. They were they were into it, and they never they never left their seats. And that's that's what's what's exciting about ice is it is a show from from go time until the last checkered flag. Yes, for sure. We had um, we had a new quad guy start this season. He's a he's a pro from the Northeast, and he was kind of like oh my gosh I don't even have time to think it's just go 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 he said he had an absolute blast and I'm like that's one thing about our races you don't wait around to race I mean you're racing it's just it's right full racing full everything yeah and that was Trent Powell made that he did really good you know um 
for his yeah, first race. Yeah, he got race. third. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, got the also one one thing I didn't mention about the the ice is we talked about the about the pro classes, but sometimes we have little kids classes and the crowd really gets behind, you know, especially Sassy Cassie and her little brother chasing her and stuff like that. And I think the crowd loves that just as much as they do the pro stuff. Absolutely, the future of our sport. They should be there in Reading, mm-hmm. actually. Um, Cassie and Davy, and we've got the Barnes kids who want to come out and race again too so we'll have kids out in reading for sure awesome and another thing we didn't get into was you know some of the sponsors i know ken you mentioned wrath racing they do a lot for for the quad riders especially uh cold cutter screws the official screw of your series um vito's express who hauls the bikes the quads and all the stuff from race to race and then uh this this one was new to me down in texas but all things speed tv so people could watch the races uh is there anybody else that i missed um btr racing um brandy tulu racing she's also helping sponsor the dash for cash and the whole shot award for the quads yeah we just can't think you know it's without everybody it wouldn't happen um like vito's express I mean, you've met Nick and Caleb. Without them, the series doesn't get around the country. Um, you know, Daryl making those those awesome trophies. Um, it's just everybody involved. It's just it wouldn't happen without an awesome team effort. And now it's time for Graham's question. I guess this could be for both of you guys because you know it's both of your series. But she goes. She wants to know how far out do you schedule? Like how far away from home do you go? Because she knows you guys were in Texas a couple weeks ago, and she's mad because she's already in Arizona. So she wants to know how far out you guys schedule and when you're going back to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. You know, it's 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 year to year. You know, um, obviously we fight the hockey schedules. The hockey schedules got to come out before, before they schedule us. So it's year to year. Ken, I was going to say, tell us, you told me the story about when, when you met Graham at the Arizona race, she hadn't met you in person before she knew who you were. She, she shares all your stuff all over Facebook and, and stuff like that. But she hollered at you at the Prescott, Arizona race. How, how did that go down? And and what were you thinking? It was awesome. You know, at first, I wasn't, I wasn't sure who it was. And then when she said, you know, when she said her name, I'm like, Oh my God, you know, is there a bigger flat track fan out there between motorcycles and, (laughs) and sprint cars. And so we had her a seat down close and there, she was going to walk up and around and no, we gave, we gave her red carpet treatment. You know, she is, she is awesome. And anybody who doesn't know who, who Graham's is. She is just a bigger supporter of this sport than, than anybody I know. Yeah. She definitely could not stop talking about your series and, and the races. I mean, she, you know, I usually call her after the races and give her a race recap. Well, she had to do the same thing after your race out there in Arizona. And of course it's two hours later here and I'm probably sleeping, but she had to tell me all about it. So she loves it and she cannot wait to see another one. Uh, we can't wait to bring one to her again. You know, she she's awesome. She's awesome. Her enthusiasm and just support for this sport is is incredible. Okay, so I got rapid fire questions. Since we have Christy on the phone, I'm gonna I'm gonna include both of you in our questions. But uh, tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you the questions, Ken. The first one is for you. What is your favorite quad that you've ever ridden? Uh 
My Wrath Racing Honda. Okay. Right. <laughs> so Christy likes the Can-Am. You did good. You got second on the Dairyland, but Ken likes the Wrath Honda. All right. So um, Christy, where is your favorite place to go to put on a race? Which which arena is your favorite one to go to, or do you have one? Ooh, that's a tough one. There's a lot of good ones. Um, Reading, we've been going there. This will be four years now in a row. That's one of my favorites for sure. And Hobart Arena, definitely one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, Ken, what's your favorite track that you've ever raced? Ice? It doesn't matter. Any any track you race. doesn't matter? Oh, geez. Nope. One of my, one of my favorite tracks. So on the dirt, you know, between the, the Dairyland Classic, when we used to do the Arkansas TT up in northern Wisconsin, we only did that mm-hmm. for one year. And definitely um, Sioux Valley Cycle Club. That TT track is, is awesome. Um, it's got everything. It's technical. It's fast. Um, okay. And then as far as ice, I would have to say for whatever reason, and, and I would really like to go back there in the near future. Evansville, Indiana. I got engaged there. Um, yeah. The three times that we raced there, for whatever reason there, I took all firsts and seconds. Wow. So, you know, it's like these arena tracks are not that much difference, but that arena, for whatever reason, was always always really good to me. So if we go back there, are you gonna are you going to race that one instead of uh, run the show? You want me to run the show? I'll come out of retirement and do that. Yeah. You're definitely going to have to run the show announce because uh, Ken will be out racing. Okay, sounds good. I like it. Okay, Christy, so you get to hear things from the fans, sometimes uh, bad. Most of the time it's all good. Is there anything that, that sticks out that, you know, your favorite thing that you've ever heard from a fan, either on social media or at, at a race? Actually, just this past weekend, a good example of that is um, they sent us a message with a picture of their entire family saying, they had an absolute blast. They enjoyed the autograph line that the racers actually took the time to talk to their kids and they just enjoyed every minute of it. Right on, right on. I like it. Um, I, I, I'll let both of you answer this one if you want to, but I'll ask you first, Ken. So who is the next new ice racing champion on a bike and on a quad, both in the pro classes? Do you have, do you have any ideas who a, a new champion might be? You know, in the bikes, it is so close this year. You know, you've got Josh Shoup. He's a past champion. He's riding good. He won the first round. Um, you know, you have Dustin Paul out of Colorado. He was really fast last week, and he's been riding a lot. Kenny Dolan. Mm-hmm. Kenny Dolan, was, he was doing phenomenal. He rode really good. Um, you know, Logan McGrain is right up there. We all have bad races. This this last weekend was tough for him. But that kid, you know, he grew up in in the ice series. Um, it's mm-hmm. going to be exciting to watch him go in Reading. But he's right up there. He he just he had had a bad weekend last weekend. But I know that's not going to keep him down. He's going to be right back up there. Um, you know, Kurt Cheney's right up there in the mix. It's 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 tight. It's really tight in the bikes. Now, with the quads, um, you know, Blaine Satanga, he, he broke his shoulder mm-hmm. two weeks before 
or a week before the opening round. And this year, starting out, I would have said it's going to be between him, Tyler Allen, which is our two-time world champion, um, mm-hmm. Dylan Myers. Um, Kurt Cheney is always up there in the mix of the top four. Um, about Dvorak? But Dvorak looked really good. It was, yes. I was just going to say that. So th- this is tough. Dvorak is, was right on top of Tyler all weekend. You know, Dylan Dvorak, he can win at any time. He's fast. He's good. Trent Powell, I'm just going to go down the line here. Trent Powell is awesome on the dirt. The kid can ride. He really got along with the ice fairly quick. Dylan Meyer, another one. He he races a lot with Tyler and, and Dylan. He rode really good. He was fast. Um, Kurt Cheney's been up there in the top three. Um, Daniel Simmons, he's come a long way on the ice in the last couple of years with help of, you know, um, with help from Daryl and, and Chicky's been helping him a lot. Tyler Allen's dad. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Daniel right up there. Um, and then Joe Stahl, he's, he's getting used to the ice. Um, he broke a ball joint this last weekend, but he's right up there. The competition is is extremely tight with all the the pro riders coming off the dirt, and like I said, yeah. you get Tyler, Dylan, Blaine, Trent, um, Kurt, Danny. It, it's tight. It's tight. Then we look yeah. at the bike side of things. Like I said, Josh Shute, he's a 2017 world champion. Dustin Paul been riding really good. Um, Blake Svensson on the podium this weekend. He rode really mm-hmm. good. He stayed off the wall, um, like we like we joke about. <laughs> Kirk yeah. Cheney, he's been in this series forever. We, we call him Captain Kirk Cheney. I mean, he's he's got the whole shot, and he and he's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mitch off the East Coast um, from Pennsylvania. Yep. Harvey. Har- Super nice guy. Um, he's talented on the ice also. He struggled a little bit last weekend, but that won't last. We've seen him We've seen him ride in Pennsylvania. He's very good. Kenny Dolan, you know, he rode exceptionally well this first race. And, and Logan McGrain, you know, which we know he can get it done on the ice. Um, he just had a little bit of bad luck on that first round, but he will be back for that, that Pennsylvania race. And then one rider that was missing in action was Jake Mattia because he's up there at Flat Out Friday. He's he's strong. Yeah. When he shows up, he's always a threat to win, too. But uh, that was the political view of who's going to win the championship. Christy, who's going to be the next first-time champion since we heard, uh, you know, Ken's all around about everybody because anybody can win the champion. But, Christy, right. Christy who's going to be the Christy, who's gonna be the next first-time champion? I guess if somebody's going to – be not politically correct it's going to be me so josh has a good start on the season it's not his first time winning a championship though he's already won a championship exactly okay then we're going dustin paul yep there you go and in the quad dylan dvorak all right i like it so both of them got second that's not a not a long shot by any means but uh you know, I think Dustin Paul is picking up the pace because he's got the off the groove sticker on his back fender. I think that helped him go fast. Absolutely. <laughs> no, Dustin Paul, you know, the last year 
he struggled a little bit toward the end of the year and, and he just, he went back to the dirt and just, I'm, I'm really happy to see where he's gone. He's just, he's worked really hard at it and, and, uh, and it's showing. Yeah, absolutely. This last question, I guess, uh, I want to ask you Ken first, cause uh, that's who we originally had on the interview. And then I'm going to ask Christy, but, uh, Ken, you, you, you've, you've done a lot in your life. And so this one might be a little tricky for you, but, this doesn't have to be racing, doesn't have to be anything, but just in your life in general, we borrow this one from Dave Despain, but what are you most proud of? Oh, God. Um, you know, I, I guess most proud of, and, and I'll try to make this quick, is when I, was, when I was 18, working at an RV dealership, and then I went to... Um, and then I worked at a car dealership for a little bit. I'm like, this is just where my life's going to be. And I had some role models in my life that said, you can do whatever you want. And I'm like, no, you can't. I'm too dumb. This is, this is where I'm going to end up the rest of my life. <laughs> and I just really focused on, all right, what, what can I do? And, and um, it, within a year of that time to to go to being self-employed between self-employed doing what I love working on horses to, to be able to do stunts, which I never imagined in a million years I'd ever be able to be on TV. And now I'm going on, you know, 20 plus years of doing stunts and then uh, being able to do, be a firefighter and, and help out my community. Um, just being able to overcome you know, trying to talk myself into this is where you're going to be and settle. My biggest thing is set goals in life. If you set goals in life, you, you can achieve them if you work hard enough. Absolutely. Yep. I love that. I love that answer. Uh, Christy, you, now you've had a little second to think about it. Um, we don't know all of your story. We, we just caught you at the tail end of the podcast, but what are you most proud of? Um, some of the things that I'm most proud of is kind of, just where I am in life today, um, kind of everything that I've ever wanted, um, being able to support my husband and everything that he wants to do and enjoys doing, taking, not knowing anything about ice racing other than fixing the screws in his tires to putting on events like this. So just looking back, it's kind of like, it's pretty surreal to, to look back and at where we're at with it and just proud of everything that we've done. Absolutely. I, I, I love, I, you know, I, I truly mean this, but I love working for you guys. It's, it's so much fun. Everybody gets along in the pits. We have a good time in the riders meeting. It's more like a, a, a pre-race party between the riders and, and the officials. Cause you know, Tom McGrain, the referee's in there and, and the guys that haul the bikes are in there and, and Ken runs the show and Christy Angie notes every five seconds. Cause you forget us, Ken, you know, us little guys like the announcer and stuff. So she keeps you on your toes, but no, in, in, in all honesty, you guys are awesome to work for. I love your series and I just hope it continues to grow. Uh, if that's what you want it to do, I think you guys are content with, you know, like, like we said about an eight race series, but this year we got four. So hopefully everybody will come support your series and, uh, and, and good luck in the future. Yeah. Thank you. You know, and I just, can't thank you enough, Scott. You know, we're privileged to have the team that we have. I feel extremely privileged to have you on board with us announcing um, the riders that we have, um, the support from, from Nick and, and Vito's on the road. It's just, 
it's a huge family. You know, even though it gets a little testy on the ice once in a while, at the end of the day, it, it's a huge family, and it's and it's awesome to be a part of it. Absolutely. Christy, thanks for coming on. I, I know you're kind of like the voice behind the scenes, and the people at the races know you because you're, you're there and you help them with sign-ups and, and payouts and all that fun stuff, but I wanted you to be a little part of the podcast, too. That's why when I heard you were close by, I had to put you on the spot. Thanks. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the podcast. We appreciate it. I think we nailed everything, and uh, we'll, we'll see you guys January the 15th, Reading, Pennsylvania, the Kyle McGrain Memorial Race. Yes, sir. I've heard you talk a lot about that racing, and uh, now I got to go see it. I have to go see yeah. it. Absolutely, absolutely. And and there's one coming up January 15th up mm-hmm. there. I'm going I'm going to stay with Sammy. So you've already done that. See, so you got to do that. He's going to give me like the 25-cent tour of Philly Ooh. if I go. I don't know if I got a quarter or not, but, yeah, no. Uh, Sammy said I could stay with him. The uh, next one's in Redding, Pennsylvania. It's okay. the Kyle McGray Memorial Race, and it's not too far out. There's one race in February, one race in March this year. Uh, they cut back to four. We heard why on the on the podcast, but, man, it's exciting. The only thing I'm nervous about is if I'm busting my ass on dirt and on concrete, <laughs> <laughs> how am I going to stay on two feet on ice? I need the spikes oh, or man. something. Yeah, I I, uh, I have some cheater shoes, and they're not right here in this room with me. I could show you, but yeah. I put some of the same screws in my shoes that they put in the tires. Hmm. Cold, Interesting. Cold cutter screws. You don't yeah. put them into those Nikes I got you, do you? Oh, heck no. Those, okay. are, those are on display in that room right <laughs> over there. You can do whatever you want with those shoes. I don't care. Um, they're not, not going to touch the ice. No, I mean, they're super cool, man. It, it, it does seem a lot like my experience at Flat Out Friday where you said it is a show and it's nonstop. Right. Um, they have cool things in between the intermissions and in between the races to keep fans uh, entertained. Engaged, and, yep. And yep. I think that, uh, I don't know, man, just listening to the people that are involved, uh, uh, Ken and Christy there, like, they have a great attitude about it. They're they're obviously great at promoting races. The way he was able to speak to his riders and uh, and his series is, is pretty badass to hear and listen to. Um, and I think that uh, there is a lot of excitement, it sounds like, about this series. Uh, and I ho- hope that they do grow it and hope they do build it from back up to where they were from the Ford that, that, that they're racing this year. Yeah, and you can hear the passion in his voice, yep. especially how excited he gets about each and every... I mean, he named off all the big names in both classes, the, the quads and... You know, I, I put him on the spot, who's going to be the next, you know, first-time champion. Well, he didn't, he gave me a politically correct answer, which I'm, I'm glad he did, and I put uh, Christy on the spot. But, you know, he had a reason why each one of those guys could win the championship. And, yeah. and to be that passionate about it, and he knows all of the riders. Yep. And the other thing that I think is... is unique about that series and and it started before they took over but they haul all the bikes and all the quads to all the events in one semi wow so the riders just show up and race they show up they might work on their stuff they you know some of them throw their toolboxes in there too some of them you know leave their gear bags in in the in the semi too they just fly back and forth and Hmm. or you know if they're close enough they can drive and man it's it's great i mean it's 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 like I don't want to compare it to a circus because the circus sounds dumb, but it's a traveling road show yeah. and they haul this stuff for them and, and it's so cool and, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, somebody's feelings might get hurt out there on the ice, but when they come off the ice, they're still friends. That's racing, you know? yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, and, exactly. I, and I think, that, man, like, they seem like two awesome people. I'm glad you brought Christy into it too because it does seem like a, a team effort between the two of them and the dynamic between them. I mean, you can kind of even feel that in the little interview I, and the time that we talked to them. 
I could tell she was in the background. I, he, he was checking with her on some things, so I was like, I'm going to put her on the spot. I love it. And she hates it. She actually <laughs> quit her last job because she didn't like public speaking. Oh, wow. So to get, yeah, so to get her out of her She did element, a good job. Yeah, and, she did a great and job. she did a great job. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's so good stuff. I have a lot of fun working for them. I've told them that several times. I hope I can continue my relationship with Ken and Christy and, and you know, whatever is in store for them, however many races they want to take on. I love their series, and, and I'm glad to be just a small part of it. That's good stuff, man. Glad we can uh, highlight them this week and talk a little bit about that ice race. I got to look at my calendar and see if I can make it up there and uh, do that with you guys. Uh, I got a little taste of what Redding is when I was up there hanging out with Chris Carr. We drove by it. I saw the pagoda on the hill and all that stuff. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so, um, right so, I've never been to Redding. Yeah, it was pretty cool. We went to the little terminal, the little market there. Um, and there's some really cool, damn good food there. Um, so uh, if oh, is that is that where you were in the deli? Yeah, yeah. He was looking. With, that, that was in Reading. <laughs> looking for tri tips. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. It was cool, man. There's like a lot of really cool like uh, things in that market, like the from cheeses to like they had this really cool pretzel part of it, like making all kinds yeah. of pretzels, and it smelled delicious. Uh, so if and when we all get up there, we got to go do something from from the Reading Reading market there. Sounds good. Sounds good. What do you got going on this weekend? Whole lot of nothing, man. I, I, I'm Me really too. taking the rest of this year. Not really. To not, not go really. to races and uh, and kind of just take it all in. I posted a little something on Left Out. I don't know if you saw that little clip from Dairyland. Uh, that with, was cool. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm kind of looking through all that stuff and seeing what we can share that we haven't shared. Um, and maybe uh, maybe we do some lives on the left outside. So I'm kind of looking at how we can produce okay. that and what, what what that's gonna look like. That's kind of my focus guess, for the next I couple guess, weeks. I guess. I guess we have to go back to Waffle House. <laughs> we don't have to, but I'm always down. <laughs> I know, that's for... where else? That's where the live started. That it one is. Time. That was fun. It is. That was well, fun. and I did get yeah. a free waffle for my birthday from Waffle House, so maybe we no make that kidding. happen. A little waffle tizer. Yeah. All right. So what I didn't say, I said I got nothing going on this weekend. It, that's a lie. So we are having the Dubler family Christmas down in Texas at my cousin's house. So, oh wow! Uh, a lot of the Dublers, uh, the close Dublers. Uh, minus Graham and Paul, we're going to you know, probably uh, FaceTime them or get them on Zoom or something like that. They're staying out in Arizona where it's warmer, uh, but we're uh, getting together down there in just south of Arlington, Texas. So okay. a bunch of the tribe will be together. We're going to have some fun. That's going on Saturday. Uh, my daughter's kind of in charge of the party, so uh, it's going to be great. I know it will. And I'm, I'm actually emceeing. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of the left-right game. Have you ever heard of the left-right game? Vaguely. Is it with dice? No, so I got a script, and every time I say left, you're supposed to hand whatever's in your hand to the left. Every time I say right, you hand. So, but the last names could be left, you know, or, or something right, and there's other ways to say it. Mm. Anyway, so, and then what you end up with is your prize to take home. So that's going to be kind of fun. And then there's uh, Dirty Santa, of course, which always gets crazy with the Doobler. I can't always, even imagine a Dirty Santa game with the Doobler. stealing going on. Holy so, moly. Uh, Maybe you should go yeah. live for that. That would be something I would watch. <laughs> And you it's can crazy, announce though. it. You can announce it. It would. I mean, you don't want to work <laughs> while you're going through that. But I would right, love right. to be a fly on the wall to watch that go down. So, so when I was married, this, this is kind of crazy. This is going way back. So I was married. Uh, she had four kids. I had my daughter and her sister. So I had. We had six kids. So there's eight of us. So we would corner the market. We'd all get. The, we'd have a little <laughs> huddle. We'd figure out what we were trying to do. What we we're going to steal. And then we'd steal from each other until it gets frozen. So mm. we kind of had the market covered. But now that it's just me uh, and then Haley and Haley's boyfriend, Tyler's going too. So I dig it. Uh, only three. So we can't quite 
take over like we used to, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of fun, but I'm sure a lot of people are celebrating Christmas early and having some Christmas parties. I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to have some fun. we got one more episode before Christmas. Yeah, I think we're going to try to record ah. that this week, maybe, or this weekend. You said yep. you're doing that this weekend, so I don't know if you're going to be available. Doing that do Saturday. That. Yeah, doing yeah. that Saturday. Probably I'll drive home. I'll drive back home Saturday. It's only about three, three and a half hours to get down there. So, so we may record we'll see. we may record next week a little early, but uh but yeah, man, it's okay. it's wanna try to kinda get that done for the holiday season so we can take a break here and uh let everybody enjoy the holidays. Right um but yeah, man, it's you gotta let me know what you get for uh for that dirty Santa next week when we talk. So okay. All right. um anything all right. else? Sounds good. That's all I got. Hope everybody has a great uh, weekend. We're getting close to Christmas, getting close to New Year's and uh Thanks to all of our patrons. We appreciate it. Smash that like button. Tell all your friends about the podcast. And we are here for you. If you guys have any questions, comments, suggestions of who to bring in on the podcast, shoot us a message. You know, send us a DM, send us an email, a text, a phone call. We're all right here, me and Carter. And uh, we do this for you guys. So uh, talk to you guys next week. Peace. Later. My dad always said that I have a face for radio, so if that means anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>